All right, here we go. It's the league. I'm your host, Tanner Price. It's been a while since we've got to do one of these. There's, uh, you know, the COVID has not been good to us in the sports world, but we'll talk a little bit about the NBA, what's going on, college football right now, which is not looking good. Um, Big Ten today had a vote, did not vote out the way. If you are a fan of college football and want to watch college football this fall, Big Ten's vote did not go our way today. It was, uh, I think, 10-2 to 2 or 12-2. to 2. I know the only schools that voted to play were Iowa and Nebraska. So shout out to the Cornhuskers and the Hawks for at least wanting to play. Because, uh, you know, I think Trevor Lawrence said it best, too. These kids, they're not, if they're sitting at home, man, they ain't going to be going by, you know, hey, social distance. You can't be out doing this, that, and whatever. They're going to do whatever they want. They're going to be free range. You put them on a campus and let them know that, hey, you could play on Saturday. And, you know, that could eventually lead to be able to play one day on Sundays. I think these guys are going to, you know, they're going to be a lot smarter. They're going to stay on the campus for the most part. They might, you know, go to a restaurant and eat. That's fine. You know, I'm not saying that. Obviously, no one likes a mask. I hate the mask. But if I got to wear one, I wear one. I don't like to, I don't want to, but I'm going to do it. Whatever we got to do, because I want football on Saturdays and Sundays. I don't think Sundays are going to be the issue. I think the NFL's fine. They're not, I don't see NFL hitting the brakes. I think they've uh, done what the things they've needed to, to be able to uh, work their way to succeeding to have a season and uh, like canceling, you know, the preseason. I get why people would want it. It does present opportunities for, you know, a lot of guys. But, hey, let's up our practice squad numbers. Let's up our roster numbers so we can have more depths on the teams. And these guys can still at least be looked at in kind of a shot. But here's the thing. The only thing with that is the preseason creates for guys who are cut to get put up on other teams that will go and pick them up. Um, so there is, you know, there is a little downside. I get it. It's not a huge downside, all right? We can make a sacrifice for a year. It has the potential for us to also, we can now see, hey, who comes in ready to go? I mean, who's going to come into this NFL season ready to go? We're, we'll get in that a little bit too. Um, I got a quarterback's list I'm going to go through, and I even ranked the top 10 wide receiver cores. Uh, just a fun little episode. We'll talk a little NBA too, like I said, with the bubble, uh, baseball. I'm not going to lie. Baseball's been kind of fun. Although there's a lot of chaos going on, it's caused a lot of things to make me scratch my head and say, you know, how the hell are we going to play football? These guys in the MLB can't even stay out of a casino or a strip club, for the love of God. And that's how these guys, you know, that's how Cardinals and Marlins are covered in the COVID. Marlins have been hanging out at strip clubs. Cardinals are going to the casinos up in Minnesota. Um, so there's a lot to break down here with the COVID and all that, and... uh also, I just I we'll get into it too when I get into baseball. But I got a quite a message for Fossey. It's already been put out there once, but I just I want to remind him again because this son of a bitch, he is just trying to ruin sports for us. All right, so here we go. College football future. Big Ten's voted to shut down the season. They're looking now potentially a spring season. I've also heard they will meet tonight at six p.m. Um, I don't want to call it backlash. Uh, I think they're seeing the way. You know, Harbaugh's came out since this is uh, 
votes been brought public and said, hey, here's our numbers in the last 384 testing, only two have been positive. Out of like 800-something testing, I think, total, I don't remember exactly what the numbers were, uh, there's only been 11 positive cases. So we're looking at like maybe, you know, we're not looking at a lot of, you know, we got a lot of testing going on. So there's what Harbaugh's saying is, hey, we're really not that high at risk. We have higher risk from the flu, all right? More people die from the flu, and we still play. I think that's, you know, kind of how some people are looking at it. Like, hey, and it, it does have long-term effects. You know, I think we're still learning about it, and I understand that. And I think a lot of people understand that, too. There are some that just, I don't know what they, what tinfoil hat they got on that just think the whole thing's a hoax and a joke. And, I mean, maybe. I guess we really, honestly, we really don't know. Um, for all we know, them things are putting up our nose because I've had this test done. It's not a fun time. I mean, it's not a terrible time, but there's nothing fun about having a giant stick shoved up your nose, poking at your brain, swirling around. Um, I think what Harbaugh is saying is, though, look, it's not as high as risk as what it's put out to be. I don't see, you know, he's saying, hey, that and you also have kids like Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields coming out and saying, hey, look, if we're not playing football and we're not on campus and then we're just – because if they're not playing football, they're not coming on campus by the sounds of it. A lot of places aren't bringing them on campus. A lot of the uh, colleges, I think, are going to the virtual online learning for right now. And, uh, you know, he's saying, look – if we're not on campus and we're not playing football and you got us sitting at home, you think we're really going to be listening? You think we're going to be wearing masks? You think we're going to be social distance? You think we're not going to be out running around doing who knows what, partying, whatever? You know, Trevor's come out saying, let us play. Let us come. Look, we can come out and have contact, play football, and it'll be all right. We can get the testing. We're going to stay on campus. We'll do our social distancing, you know, the wear mask. Look, I don't like wearing the mask any more than the next guy. But if that's what I got to do to whatever places, that's what they want for you to wear the mask, whatever. Fine. That's fine. Whatever. I'm willing to do whatever it takes so we can get past this. Cause I'm over it. I'm done. You know, it's just, it's one of these things that's just now it's finally just, it's like being a dead horse and I'm ready to get past this thing, man. Uh, and I think a lot of other people are too. So if we can't get something figured out here, I mean, I don't think anything's going to change from now. I mean, things will change a little bit. We're going to learn more. But vaccine-wise, I don't think we're going to have a vaccine by the time spring ball comes. And I think that's what some of these play- colleges and conferences are you know, hoping for, that the vaccine will be here by then. Um, that Obviously, yes, we are going to know a little more, but how much more are we going to know? I don't look. I to be honest, I feel like from when this thing first started to now, we haven't got very far in learning it. I mean, we haven't learned much besides a lot of people recover from it, less than one percent die from it. And for those saying, "Oh, you're willing to let people die," well, the flu kills more people. I mean, at the end of the day, I'm sorry to be the bearer of bad news, but people die every day. I'm not wrong on that. I mean. 
You don't have to, you don't even have to have half a brain to know that. People die every day. Is it going to happen? Yeah. Cancer kills people every day. We still don't have the answer for that. Um, you know, the flu is killing people every day. We have a vaccine for that. It's still killing over 50,000 people a year. I mean, so... Maybe even more. I don't know. I'd seen something. Maybe it was a month. I don't know. I There's something i seen. Some, it's whatever it is. Bottom line is it's less than the flu. It's less, you know, I mean, the value here in, it's, I get this, you know, it's kind of a touchy thing, but same, if you look at it, they're going to be fine. These guys are all young. Look, I'm not the healthiest son of a bitch in the world, but I made it. These guys are in way better shape than I am. I mean, they're all in there. Well, you know, they're a couple years younger than me. I think they're going to be fine. A lot of people think they're going to be fine. Every doctor besides this fucking idiot Dr. Fauci thinks they're going to be fine. Said, oh, you can play. Fauci's only, oh, you can't have a season. But Fauci will come out and throw the first pitch for baseball. No fucking gloves on. Then the son of a bitch, we got 43,000 fucking seats in there. He decides all three of us are going to sit next to each other in these. And the son of a bitch is even wearing his mask. Right along with the person next to him. They put it, it she puts it on when she wants, but when she realizes there's a camera on her. Cause at first she didn't have it on. Notice the camera, she slipped the thing back on. Fauci's blind ass wasn't paying any attention. It still had the thing just sitting on his chin. So maybe that's it. Maybe if we just wear the mask on her chin, we'll all be safe. So the fact that the lead guy for the COVID doesn't even know what the fuck he's doing is now saying, hey, oh, I shouldn't be playing football. Screw you. You can go fuck yourself. You're a... You're a fucking idiot. So the big... Look, the SEC is going to lead this thing into... Hey, we ain't back... Because the SEC said, already been on the phone saying, Hey, we're not backing down. We're playing. We are not intending for a spring schedule. We are playing a fall schedule. And we are playing in our conference. We are not backing down, and thank God for the freaking SEC for stepping up. And I think the ACC, they're kind of, I've, Louisville, I think it was Louisville's coach who came out and said, hey, we're playing on playing a fall season. Spring, a spring schedule hasn't even been a thought for us either. We're playing in the fall, man. Screw that, we ain't canceling. It's fine, let's run with it. You want some more? Hey, the Big 12. Hell, I know Iowa State's playing on letting in 30,000 fans or something like that. I don't know what it is, but they're letting them in. It might not be 30,000. I think it's like 3,000, to be honest. I don't know. It's a lot, though, compared to these schools who are canceling. I, You know, Big 12, I think they're going to jump in with the SEC and the ACC, and they're going to be, hey, we we looked at the potential of a spring season and then said, well, what's the point? We might as well, it, we're going to be fine. Let's run with it. So you know what, if it comes down to the, the Big 12, SEC, and the ACC, they're the only ones who want to play, then guess what? Let them play. Let them play. If Iowa, and I've seen Iowa, Michigan, Nebraska, and Ohio State. Now one of these four schools, I don't know which one, got a phone call and said, hey, is this true? That they're talking about going and jumping onto the Big 12 since they can't play football this year. 
One school said, hey, that that's the first I've ever heard of it. Ain't heard nothing from the other three yet, though. Hell, even if one of them just want to join, whatever. Whether it's one of them or four of them want to join. You, hey, you guys want to play ball? We'll take you in the Big 12 this year. The MAC, you know, they're the first ones to cancel. And look, the reason why they canceled makes sense. We can't get any Power 5 teams here, you know, if we're only on conference. I mean... They're, you know, they're they're in one of those situations where we might we're we're not gonna lose out on it any money now because they don't have those power. Well, they won't have the power fives. Any of them teams coming in from any of them conferences to play, so they're already losing a ton of money. So they're looking at us, hey, we're already losing money. We're not allowing fans. We'll just let's run with it. We'll play in the spring. We'll see what happens. And I'm all right. You know what? For for those smaller conferences, yeah, okay, that makes sense. If because they're already losing the money, so they, you know, at this point, it's not really a loss. But it's going to be a bigger loss for the Big Ten, the ACC, the Big Twelve, the SEC, and the Pac-12. They got to play in the fall, man. They got too many good guys that go the NFL. So if you wait till spring, Justin Fields ain't playing. Trevor Lawrence ain't playing. I mean, a lot of them guys are going to the draft. They're not going to play. And if you want, I mean, that's just, you know, they're at that point, they're looking at it as well. If we couldn't, you know, we'll play in the fall. But if it's just too short of a timeline because if they play in the spring, you got to play spring, com, NFL combine, uh, NFL draft, NFL training camp. And then also you got to do uh, – NFL preseason, NFL regular season, all in this, all in one year. You know, normally college football, they begin, you're finishing, most teams are done. Obviously, there's still some bowl games, but that's it. There's like a week of bowl games, maybe two weeks worth of bowl games left. And there's, you know, I mean, it's not a lot. And then they're done. So now you want to move, you can't move the whole, if you move the whole season, I'm telling you, you're going to have a lot of guys drop out that aren't going to play, that are going in the draft this year, and it's going to be a lot of your big names that you need, and I think it'll end up hurting your ratings too. I think the best thing for them to do, like Trevor Lawrence said, they're going to stay on campus, they'll socially distance, they'll wear the mask, because they'll want to play on Saturday, because they know that gives them a chance to play on Sunday. And a lot of them will still get the chance to play on Sunday, but... They know that if this thing gets moved to the spring, it ain't worth you know for a lot of the big for as far as rating wise, and that it ain't worth it. So what the future of college football is gonna get real interesting over the next I think about two weeks. Really, this week's gonna be the real interesting point. But then going into next week, you know, because that's kind of by next week we're gonna know everything we need to know. All right, so NBA is back. It's in the bubble, and it's been going great. And my God, I don't know how many people have been watching, but them games have been great. I mean, this bubble, the the eight-game thing here, stretch, it it has like a playoff playoff basketball feel. I mean, everyone is balling out, playing hard. Um, The NBA coming back has been very successful. I mean, they have dealt with the most – uh, headaches out of everyone in this thing. Uh, 
I mean, they're in the middle of a season when this when COVID starts and have to stop their season, cancel it. You know, then it's like, what do we do? What do we do? Finally, Adam Silver says, tell you what, we got enough to what we know. Hey, we got the testing now. We got this, that. All right, perfect. I'm going to go build a bubble down in Orlando, and we're going to finish this thing out with no fans. So what's going to happen now is um, as soon as teams play their last game, so for an instance, like the Pelicans, when they play their last game, they will then go to a spot where they're going to be allowed to shower. They will get a meal. They will jump on the team bus, which will take them straight to the airport, and they will fly out. So as soon as the teams that are eliminated from the playoffs, they're out of that bubble right out the gate. Um, So that's awesome. I mean, the way they have – the NBA has done this thing so well, so great. I mean, let's just give a shout-out to Adam Silver on how good of a job he's done as a commissioner, and especially through this whole thing. I think Adam Silver, to be honest, has been the best commissioner out of all this. Um, for the COVID, I mean, he has just done a f- same with the NHL. The NHL actually, I actually, I'm gonna give it to him because I haven't, uh, from what I understand, he has basically gave whatever the players wanted. He's given the players like raises, got him in a bubble, got him some, I mean, great food, all this stuff. From what I, what it sounds like, the NHL has been re- players have been extremely happy, and their commissioner has been just working with them hands-on about getting them what they wanted and how they want everything set up. and So I hear their bubble's great. By the looks of it, the NBA bubble seems pretty great. Pretty, uh, great. Uh, sounds, you know, Jalen Brown said, you know, the only thing about this bubble down here is it's a lot of basketball. It's a lot of basketball, and it, it takes a little bit on your mental health. And uh, that's understandable. And I mean, they have things for them to do, but it's just got the point, like, uh, I think it was Terrence Ross. He was on the Pat McAfee show. You know, he was talking about, you know, they had a little area where they could go fish. There was a pond where they could fish. Well, now the fish have gotten smart and realize these guys are out here fishing trying to catch them, so they don't want to bite no more. Um, They got, like, a little barbershop for them set up. I think a movie theater. I mean, they got stuff for them to do, which, is, you know, there's only so much they can do. You know, look at Lou Williams. He snuck out the bubble, so he go to the strip club, get some chicken wings. I mean... Obviously, you know, guys are they're struggling a little bit being in there, and that's understandable. You'll have that. Um, but as far as the play that is going on inside that bubble, this is the best basketball we've had in a long time for what's considered regular season games. I mean, this basketball we are getting has just been phenomenal in the bubble. And as a fan, I can't tell you how much I appreciate it, let alone I'm sure how many millions of other fans have been appreciating it. Um, but just how great it is, man. It's just such good basketball. And uh, although as a Lakers fan, I don't know how much more longer I can watch that. LeBron better turn into playoff LeBron right out the gate because the way it looks, Dame Dollar and the boys, whether it's them or whether it's the Phoenix Suns, I think that's going to be your eight seed. Uh, and man, I don't know if I'd want to face the Suns right now. Any team that's got, I feel bad for anyone who has to play Suns because man, they are hot in that bubble. And if think about this, if they're this hot right now in this bubble, imagine what they're gonna do next season. Man, they are gonna be ready to light it up. I'm gonna go as far as I'm gonna predict right now: the Phoenix Suns will be a 
six seed or higher next year in the playoffs. That's my bold prediction. If they keep this team they got now, maybe, you know, maybe they might add some, you know, key pieces or names or maybe, you know, they just kind of run with what they got. I like with what they got. From what it sounds like, DeAndre Aiden's even kind of like, man, Coach Moe's kind of changed, you know, opened lights for me, you know, showed me the light on some things. And uh, so the Phoenix Suns, they're going to be a hot team to watch out for next year. Dame Dollar, though, and the Blazers, watch out for them in this bubble right now with the Suns because they're both red hot. Um, the Clippers are still doing what they've been doing since the start of the season, load management. Uh, you know, the Lakers losing Avery Bradley, you're seeing it. They're struggling finding that third man. And I tell you what, if they make it past the playoff, LeBron better show up. Otherwise, they will not be in that bubble for too much longer after the playoffs start. Um, you know, and I also went out. I thought Boston was going to be the team that was going to have – you know what, I'm looking at Boston now, and I don't even know if they could get past the Raptors just because they're so big. And Boston's so small compared to them. Um, the East will be interesting. To, my, to be honest, the East and the West are both going to be interesting, but – I'm telling you what, man, I've been kind of watching that Raptors team, and they just might make another run for another title. And if they do it without Kawhi, you imagine if they won a ring this year without Kawhi. Holy cow, the Canada is going to be partying. I mean, it, that them streets are going to be lit. And social distancing will not be at its finest if – I'm telling you, if Toronto takes home the gold, maybe even if they just make it to the finals. I mean, if they could just beat the Bucs in the the conference finals, that city is going to be nuts. Here we go. Round two. Let's show them that we got it. Whether they win it or not, hey, you know what? I think that's a – who cares? That city is going to – there will not be any social distancing going on. Not even – sorry, not city of Toronto, but how about the whole country of Canada? Social distancing will not be at its finest. NBA bubble will be real interesting. I don't think Boston anymore is the team to do it. I'm starting to I'm starting to put my chips a little bit into Dame, a little bit into Toronto. I'm still not going to sleep on the Bucks, and I I I can't even judge the Clippers yet because they don't even they look at the bubble the bubble regular season just like they did the reg, normal regular season. They just don't give a damn. It's all about load management. We'll take care of it in the playoffs. So, you know, we'll see how that plays out for them. Are they going to be able to show up? Or are they going to, you know, that could also come back and backfire. They could struggle really hard. Um, so I would say, you know, the Blazers, I think the Suns are going to be a secret team if they could sneak in. If the Blazers don't, one of them, too, though, are going to be the eight seed. I, I think uh, it won't. I, just, I don't think Memphis will be the one. Or be the one at that eight seed, and I just I don't I don't think they're I think they're gonna fall short of the playoffs. Um, so it'll be really interesting to see how the rest of this thing finishes out. Well, baseball season is back underway, and boy, has it been rough for them. I mean, them MLB is just at this point crawling in COVID. I mean, it's just everywhere. Uh. I just, you know, I wonder if they're going to be able to finish the season. Also, what's, you know, the NFL's got to be watching this thing and thinking, 
shit, man, what are we going to do? I think the NFL is also a lot smarter. They're going to be smart. Hey, guys, playing the noon games, we're going to get you on these planes and let's get you back home right away. I think that'd be a smart idea. I think if you can, obviously your Sunday night game, your Monday night games, hey, we're going to have to stay the night. We're going to have to stay overnight, fly out in the morning. But if you can get, or maybe they might just say, screw it, let's fly out. Guys will sleep on the plane or sleep when they get home. I don't know. But I think a lot of these guys you're going to see the NFL make, you know, they're going to they're gonna try and keep guys, get guys back home that are on the road as much as possible because they're probably looking at the MLB and the Marlins can't stay out of the strip clubs. That's why 33% of their teams went down with COVID. The Cardinals can't stay out of the casinos everywhere they go. That's why they're crawling in COVID. And what what the hell is going on with the Yankees? They're getting slapped around by the Blue Jays, who's got a catcher or relief pitcher. I don't even remember what he is, but he's beating his monkey in some parking lot for everyone to watch. I mean, baseball's taking some headlines this season. That is definitely for sure. And I just it also most of the headlines, are, though, are nerve-wracking for NFL fans because we want football. And these idiots are out here screwing around every which way they possibly can to try and screw this up for us. And uh, it's just not a good look and makes, you know, how long is this season going to continue? When when are the Yankees going to get it together, too? They got so many studs on that team, they can't even beat the freaking Blue Jays. Unless Garrett Cole's pitching, who they just picked up from Houston. By the way, that Oakland A's in Houston fight, that was great. I think that pitch that was thrown at that Oakland player was a little dirty, to be honest. I think that was one of those, you know, we're tired of you guys throwing balls at us. We're going to throw them back. And he kind of, you know, the way he responded, he felt that way too. Then the first, I think it was the first base coach for the Astros was talking talking to him as he goes out as the one who's hit, the Oakland player who's hit, going to first base, and they're talking back and forth. Finally, he says, you, you know, that the, the coach comes out of the dugout, and he says, all right, game on, and let's brawl. Uh, a lot of suspensions were handed out on that. I'm not sure, but I heard it was a lot. And uh, Joe Kelly, by the way, that guy's a freaking legend. That's why I'm going I'm to leave baseball off on that. Joe Kelly is a freaking legend for the way he responded to throwing that ball and hitting that player. But you know what? If you're going to do the crime, you got to do the time. It's kind of like an unsanctioned rule. Hey, if you cheat, get ready. The balls are coming at you, and we're going to be dusting you a lot with them. And especially the way they cheated. Fuck. This is exactly what the MLB was scared of, what happened in that Oakland A's game yesterday. I think it's great. I hope, you know what, it's going to happen a lot more. And Houston's going to really, I mean, I think Houston's going to really, I think they may even take take shots at Houston next year they're definitely going to pay for this one they're going to give them about a season and a half of hell um but they got to figure out man they got to keep these players in line tell them to quit screwing around because they're going to end up getting the season canceled and it's not going to look good and it's going to put a lot of worries in the NFL's mind all right here we go I got my top 10 wide receiver cores I seen a list the other day had Dallas a little higher than I would have had him, so I figured, you know what, we'll throw a little top 10 together. Number 10, I'm going to go with the Denver Broncos. They got a lot of young, good receivers, a lot of potential there. Plus, they find, I think they finally have found their guy at quarterback, so I think them receivers are going to get ready to start having heydays. 
Um, number nine, the Lions. Look, they got Jones and they got uh, I'm drawing a blank. Galladay, uh, both studs, man. Detroit plus Stafford's gonna be back now. I think they got a lot of potential. Number eight, the Arizona Cardinals. They just they got Larry Fitz. They got uh, they added DeAndre Hopkins. They had the other kicking Kirk maybe is his name. Uh, they got three really good receivers there. Number seven, I got Cleveland. Look, don't sleep on them. At number five, or excuse me, number six, I have the L.A. Chargers. That's always been a solid wide receiver group, and I don't think anything's changed there. Number five, I'm going to go with the New Orleans Saints. Look, Manuel Sanders, Michael Thomas, can't sleep on them guys. Those are some stud receivers, and they're really, really good. Uh, number four, the Buffalo Bills. Look, they had Stephon Diggs. They have Cole Beasley. Uh, they got Brown. They got Foster, who has, I believe, he's going to have a bright future one day in this league. Um, they got four really solid receivers there. Three of them are really, you know, veteran solid receivers. And a young guy who's going to, you know, now he's got all these vets around him. Uh, and he can learn some things from Diggs, too. Uh, definitely has, you know, a lot of upside there in Buffalo at the receiving core that could potentially be top three by the end of the year. Uh, at number three, I got the Dallas Cowboys. CD, look, they got Cooper just coming off a thousand yard here. Gallup's coming off a thousand yard. Mike McCarthy's now the head coach. He's gonna sl- want to sling that ball every which way he can. Uh, CD Lamb's coming in. They lose Jason Wynn. They lose. Randall Cobb. So somebody's got to pick up them receptions. That's going to go there. Boom. He's going to end up hitting 1,000. I'm not going to doubt that they could each have a 1,000-yard season. That's pretty clear cut. But 8-8 eight and eight doesn't get to the playoffs. they got to start doing something, man. Whether their defense needs some improvement. they got to start winning these closer games. Dak's got to step up more. I like him, but he's... Look, man, you're going to take value away from these receivers. They're all really, you know, I got some solid receivers. He don't step up this year. He, he could be out the door because this is a dang good football team. They got a solid receiver core. They got the O-line. They got the running back. They need a tight end, and if Dak can't do it this year, they're going to have to need to find a quarterback because they're ready to win now. Uh, number two, KC. I could, I could see where the argument could come with Dallas here and even – Potentially Buffalo. Uh, they, you know, I can understand both ways around on that. Um, but I just, you know, look, they're coming off a Super Bowl. I don't think anything's going to slow down with them. They're really good, really talented. And they got a great, great quarterback throwing them the ball there. Number one, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They are just so happy to have a guy finally that can get them the ball and not throw 30 interceptions. Look, Jameis. Show, hey, we got talent. This is a win-now team. But you can't throw 30 interceptions in the season. You just can't. Um, That's why he's out and Brady's in. Plus, you look also, think about how much is going to – You all these guys are going to be single cover. You can't cover all these. They got three wide receivers, two tied, you know, star caliber tight ends. They got a running back. Plus, they had Shady who's going to play in just the – Wait, it sounds shady's gonna be mostly used in the passing game, so there's so much to cover there. I think that's gonna also help these Tampa Bay receivers be more open or 
you're going to see a lot of check down. I mean, this Tampa Bay overall is a pretty well-stacked team. But uh, that receiving core, I don't – Mike Evans, you're going to see how good he is. I mean, he, he's better than Julio Jones. Take that one to the bank this year. I'm calling it now. Mike Evans, he's going off this year, and you're going to understand. I've always thought he was a great receiver and one of the best in the league, and now he's finally got a guy who can get him the ball that's going to show that, hey, I'm better than Julio, and I he 100% is. People are going to go off on this one and call me crazy. I'm telling you right now, Mike Evans will be better than Julio Jones at the end of the season. All right, here we go for the final segment. I have ranked every quarterback that I think is going to start week one from first to 32nd. Um, I'm not going to go all the way into that. I'm going to do the top ten. And also discuss a couple guys that I feel like people are going to be a little salty that aren't in the top 10. So at number 10, I'm going to start with Matthew Stafford. Look, honestly, I had it pretty close between him and Jimmy Garoppolo. Who's going to be 10 there? I gave it to Stafford. I think he's got the better arm. Uh, look, he's a great, he's a good quarterback. He's uh, He deals with a lot of injuries, though, and... I think that's what keeps him, you know, the bottom part of the top ten. He could be potentially, you know, the middle, middle of the top ten, even potentially in the top five. Uh, Garoppolo's right there. You know what? I think eventually he will be in the top ten. He is a stud, uh, and he got a lot of bad backlash. I felt like coming off the Super Bowl. I think he's going to come in this year with a little chip on his shoulder, and uh, well, Jimmy G just might sling that rock around a little extra heavy. But you got to remember. Shanahan's got like three wins without him as a starter. And I mean, I think Garoppolo's got like three losses as a starter. I mean, not he's got more than three losses, but you get the point. They're a lot better with him than they are without him. Uh, but you can say the same about the uh, Detroit Lions. They're a lot better with Stafford than they are without him. And uh, they lost a lot of close games last year and lost Stafford after a couple weeks. And I think, look. He's going to have a chance to stay healthy this year. they got a good, solid team. He's got the wide receivers. You know, he's got a top-ten wide receiving core. He's got a tight end, TJ Hawkinson from the Hawks. He's now a sophomore in the NFL. Uh, They just drafted uh, Swift out of Georgia. Plus, I can't think of the other running back, but, I mean, they they got the running backs. The O-line's not the best, but it ain't the worst. I mean, they are really starting to – Patricia's getting his guys that he wants to look. This is a year. If the Lions don't have success this year, Matt Patricia's fired. And how dumb do they look for getting rid of Jim Caldwell, too, if this does not pan out? The Lions got to have a big year, or it could be really bad for them. But I got Matt Stafford, number 10. I think he's going to have a solid year this year. And I think he's also going to do a really good job of being able to stay healthy this year. At number nine. Look, this kid, Kyler Murray, holy crap. I know a lot of people don't watch him. I'm telling you, you're going to know the name Kyler Murray by the end of the year as an NFL quarterback, not a college Oklahoma Sooner uh, quarterback. This dude's a stud, man. He reminds me a lot of Russell Wilson. There's a lot of Russell Wilson in him. Uh, He's getting – the team's getting better. Look, I was like – I didn't think I thought he was going to be a complete bust. He stuck me, made me stick my own foot in my own mouth and shut me up real quick. 
I was in love with them after his first game when they tied against Detroit. They didn't win the game or lose it. They tied. I mean, this kid is the... He's Russell Wilson-esque. There's a lot of similarities to Wilson. And he's got the potential to be great like Russell, I think. I think it has something to do with that baseball, football thing, man. There's something about that. That works out. So these younger kids, man, you got to get them playing. You know what? Get them playing both because it's looking like it pans out if they're a quarterback and they make it to the NFL. At number eight, old TB12 himself, Tom Brady. Look, I mean, he still made the playoffs with the team he had last year in New England, which was not a good team. Uh, he went and found himself some receivers, though, that he can get the ball to. They're going to be a little quicker, a little more mobile, a little more. They can make the plays. Uh, I think Brady could even potentially have a top five, be a top five quarterback by the end of the year for how good of a year he could have with all them weapons. At number seven, I went with Carson Wentz. And look, this guy could easily be in the top three, but he can't stay healthy. That's the biggest thing that's hurting him, man. It's not as because look. I watched Carson Wentz make a go to the playoffs last year, clinch a playoff spot, throw into Water Boys, and the male cheerleaders that hold the girls up. They had a call and said, "Hey, we need you guys to come come play receiver for us for a little bit because we're all out." He was throwing to nobody, lawn chairs and deck lawn and deck chairs. That's what he was throwing to furniture, basically. I mean that that they went to the bottom of their barrel for receivers, and he. All right, whatever. He's just slinging the rock to him, doing his thing. I mean, I was not a big Carson. This is why I'm not. Why I was so. Why I'm so harsh. And I think he's gonna be a bust. Is because he can't stay healthy. And it's he proved it in college, and he's proven it now in the NFL. Who won the big one for him? It wasn't Wentz. He got him. He got him home field throughout. He got him in the playoffs. But that Nick Foles, the one who's hosting the trophy trophy up at the end of the year. You know. Gets the playoffs this year. Goes down right first series. McCown has to come in. You know, hey, that was a great game by Josh McCown, too, throwing out there to lawn furniture and deck chairs and still making magic. You know, they still put up a fight. And number six, and this guy by the end of the year, honestly, if Aaron Rodgers is the number one quarterback at the end of the year, I'm not, as Nate Diaz says, I, this this be my response. I'm not surprised, motherfuckers. What'd they do in the draft? They pissed him off. Not because they drafted a quarterback. If they don't trade up, Aaron's, whatever. Aaron's like, you know what? I was was that same guy. I'm all right with that. That makes sense. But you gave up a fourth-round pick and traded up four spots to draft a quarterback when you have Aaron Rodgers. Oh, you oh, by the way, we're also going to cause more issues. You know what they did in the second round to help Aaron? They drafted a running back. The one thing they don't freaking need besides a quarterback. They don't need a quarterback and a running back first two picks, quarterback running back. So they're running both Aaron's out of town. Aaron Rodgers and Aaron Jones. Um Aaron Rodgers is going to come in hot, heavy, pissed, not happy and he is going to be slinging the rock. And telling everyone, hey, look at me. Because after this season, why everyone's looking at him, no matter what happens, I don't care. They won a Super Bowl, go 18-0, and win a Super Bowl, whatever. Aaron's out of Green Bay after this year, and that is another bold prediction you can put me down, pen to paper, saying, because it 100%, Aaron Rodgers will not be a Green Bay Packer after the next season. 
At number five, Houston Texans, Deshaun Watson. Look, man, kid's a stud. I don't think he's going to be in Houston much longer unless Billy old Billy Stooge is fired. And they're giving him more power. So, at that point, you know, you got to wonder. I don't think unless he, he might get franchise tagged. I guess that's how I see – the only way I see him staying in Houston because I believe he becomes a free agent. Um next season don't quote me on that but i'm almost positive on that maybe two seasons but uh i mean deshaun is a stud and now that you take away his his number one target and you trade him away for a bag of pennies and a couple nickels and he's sitting there like dude what are you doing so Deshaun's going to have a chip on his shoulder because he's going to want to make sure he has a good showing because I don't think Deshaun Watson's going to be a Houston Texan next year. I think he'll go somewhere else as well. Uh, number four, hey, Lamar Jackson, baby. All right, the reigning MVP. I, the only reason why I don't have him at number three is because he's got to get that playoff win. I think that's going to come this year. I think the Ravens will be really good this year. And... Uh, well, fuck, I don't want to say it because now I'm going to have to listen to Isaiah talk a lot of shit. But I, if I was a betting man, which I happen to be, I'd be putting my money on the Baltimore Ravens to uh, – I think they're going to win it all this year, man. That team's good. They got receivers. Uh, I seen Brown just added like 15 to 25 pounds of muscle. He did it all the right way because he noticed, hey, when his speed would start declining, he'd stop working that, get that kind of – body part back to where it needed to be so he could keep his speed and ma- manage to make sure he could add the muscle while keep maintaining his speed. Uh, that dude was only like 150-something pounds last season. When I heard that, I, I about – I couldn't believe it. I mean, he's getting tackled by guys that have 100 pounds on him. Now he just had 25 pounds of muscle. I think that's honestly going to help him a lot and – Look, Lamar's just getting get gets better as the years go by, and he's shown that the last few years. Yes, he hasn't got the playoff one. We understand that. We've seen that. But he has developed himself as a quarterback to get better, which is why I believe this year, they're, look, he's saying screw getting a playoff one. Lamar's going to want to shut some people up, and I think he's going to carry another. He'll be another guy with another chip on his shoulder. He's not coming in to just you know win a playoff game. I think he wants to come in and win the whole show to shut everybody up. Number three, I got Drew Brees. Not really, you know, hard one to explain. Stud, potential GOAT. Um, for sure, first ballot Hall of Famer. Uh, you know, he's going to have another good year. I mean, he always has success and always is successful. I can't wait to watch him and Brady play twice a year, though, especially because they have two really good just wide receiver, tight end, and running back course. Plus, they got both have solid old lines. I mean, that's going to be a fun little rivalry to watch over the next year or two, depending on how long they both want to play. Um, but I got Drew at number three. Look, Lamar get, gets a playoff win, potentially even the Super Bowl. He's obviously going to move ahead of Breeze, I think. As far as the current, like currently how they're playing, not overall is the whole career, but just for right now how they're playing, it's going to put Lamar ahead of him. Uh, number two, I know this is going. To, this might ruffle some feathers. I got Patrick Mahomes. Mr. Half a Billion Dollars, he's good. He's a stud. He can make the flashy plays. And he's, you know, he can be down 28 nothing and make a comeback. We've seen it. In a quarter. In one quarter. 
Um, but the guy I have ahead of him is just – I'll get right into it. Number one, I got Russell Wilson, man. I don't care. Look, they both got the same amount of rings. They're both studs. Uh, a lot, of, you know, a lot of similarities in ways, kind of how their careers are going. Obviously, Mahomes has uh, better arm power and arm talent, but uh, not as far as power wise. I wouldn't, you know, maybe not accuracy wise. I think Russell is very accurate. He's very good. And look, he's not throwing to Tyree Kill and Sammy Watkins. He's throwing. I, they got DK, who's a big guy. I get, but you know, let's have him prove himself. Uh, and Tyler Lockett, who's a slot receiver out there playing number one, like five foot ten. Uh, I mean, Russell, and Russell Wilson. They got to bring a sixth offensive lineman to come in and play tight end to block for him. Plus, they have another tight end on the other, actual tight end on the other side, halftime block, and the halftime he's blocking, and then trying to go run around. I mean. Now they get Greg Olson, and that's going to help them out. Jimmy Graham didn't do no good. I think Greg Olson will do him greats. Uh, and the potential of Antonio Brown coming there, I know a lot of people aren't a fans of him, and I know Seattle fans that don't want to see it, but, man, you get Russell Wilson, Antonio Brown. That dude is going to go nuts. And not in the crazy way. Like, Russ is going to be just dropping dimes to him, man. They're going to be making plays. I'm telling you. If Antonio Brown really wants to come back to the NFL, he needs to go to Seattle. Or it could you know what? They also, Josh Gordon's also been the other guy they're talking about. They're going to get Russ, uh, whether it's A.B. or Josh Gordon, one of them two guys are going to come in. They're going to get Russ a little bit of help, though, hopefully. And uh, he's just so talented. He's such a stud. He's he's a nice guy. He's an awesome person. Uh, and to be honest, if I, if I, they said, hey, Here's a, you know, if I was the Chiefs or if I was put in a situation where I had to give out a half a billion dollars to my quarterback and they said, you know, who you want, I'd take Russell Wilson all day over Patrick Mahomes. I just his football IQ is too high. The playmaking's still there. The you know, the power obviously you gotta give the leverage to uh Mahomes there, but Russ can make plays on his feet and he does it in the right way. He doesn't take you don't ever see Russ taking hits or anything like that. So uh I have Russ over Mahomes. I think he'll end up, when it's all said and done with two, I think Wilson will retire with more rings than Patrick. Uh, but honestly, man, quarterbacks in the NFL, dude, and the way things are going in the draft, there's so many. I remember it was hard to get a quarterback, you know. Now there's so many quarterbacks, man, you don't even know what to do with them. And I know some people, you know, oh, well, Dak led the league, or what about Kirk Cousins? He's up there, or Matt Ryan. Look, yeah, they're good, but they're not top 10 all right they could all fight they're all gonna fight for the top 10 but to be honest they're under 11 they're under Garoppolo um but quarterback play in the NFL is at the best it's ever been it's just continuing to get better and better it's great it's awesome it's what we need um and yeah I mean that's that's my top 10 for the quarterbacks uh Nice to get uh episode recorded here. Nice to have sports back. Nice to get sports up and going again. Um, yeah, it feels good. Uh, I can't wait to keep doing this and doing, you know, finally can start recording more sports shows. And uh, I really enjoy that. So uh, thank you all for listening. And uh, there will be more to come. Peace.